Well, welcome back. This is Recreated, the podcast where we tell you the stories, the stories that you have always wanted to hear about how people walk with Jesus. Well, really, it's a lot longer than that. It's the full story of how we go from perfectly intelligent people who have everything together (laughs) and digress into all kinds of, uh, how should we put it? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. There you go. That's a safe (laughs) word. There you go. And then, you know, how we get in trouble and God, in his great mercy and care for us, walks us out of that mess. And uh, so tonight we have Robin Carnes. Yeah. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. I'm excited. um, Due to COVID, uh, the Wuhan virus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm going to take a stand. The, um, I'm gonna the the bleep virus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, gonna leave it. We we don't have Robin in our studio at the table, but um, well, and even if she wa- if it wasn't COVID, we'll find out where she lives, and she probably wouldn't be here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's unless the I time. have to take a business trip and come stock the little bit. Yes. Oh yeah. That's right. a good point. Yeah. Round yeah. a. Ver- uh, the second part of your story will happen when you visit Marigold. There we go. Oh. <gasps> I like it. Okay. Speaking of Marigold, brought to you by... No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that point. Yeah, someday. <laughs> but so, yeah, tonight tonight we're going to have fun. Let Robin tell her story. And uh, I know that, as usual, we have a we have quite a topic for tonight to start out with. It's a, a bruiser. Dun, dun, dun. Bruiser. <laughs> 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 Uh, I have to calm down since this morning, so that's, that's good. good. Um, we should have some fun with this one. And Ro- uh, Robin, you're more than welcome to participate. And um, so we'll be right back and get it started. Melissa will want you to uh, uh, say who we are. What do you mean? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Who are we, Keith? Who are we? We 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 is we is Keith and <laughs> I, I'm Jamie. And I'm Melissa. And Melissa, right. All there right. we go. That's who he is. Okay, guys, here it goes. I'm going to try and remember what it was that got Keith all ruffled this morning. So (laughs) I'm reading this book, and it's talking about the idea that um, God is self-sufficient, I think was the title of the chapter. And the, um, the gist of it was that he doesn't need us. Why that um, kind of sparked my interest is because she talked about how God didn't create us because he had like a a human shaped hole in his heart where he needed somebody to love him and worship him. And like in the Trinity, he had a, he has a perfect unity where he wants for nothing, needs for nothing. And so as I read it, I found it a comfort because she said, you know, like we're not like, he's not reliant on us to be like faithful and not mess up and all those things. Um, And I felt like as I'm reading it, I'm like, this is awesome. This is like, 
honey for my soul. And then I read, read it to Keith and he's like, I disagree. God does have needs. And the whole, the, the, the author's um, kind of argument was that God does not have needs because needs are limits. And as humans, we have needs. So like, for instance, you go to, I don't know, you go to an amusement park and you're starving and Normally, you wouldn't spend $14 on a hot dog, but you're hungry, so you do it. And so she was just trying to say that, you know, God doesn't have those kinds of needs because needs would give you, make you prone to being manipulated or blackmailed or those sort of things. Or to simplify or make, the, the uh, amusement park, bottom line is we have to eat to live, right? Right. God doesn't need food. He doesn't need he doesn't, sustenation, sus, something. Sustenance? Sustenance, yes. yeah. So Keith kind of disagrees about that need word and i've i've thought about it all day i had a reaction i really did did. i woke. this is the first thing (laughs) yes that went in my ear hole this morning (laughs) i literally woke up and i hear ding 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 and i'm looking oh melissa's leaving a text okay so i'll listen to it i'm laying in my bed and i play this thing and it's like 10 seconds in (laughs) and listen i if so you get a feel for how i am i'll do this with my friends i feel like at some point in my life, I'm going to read books to people, whether it's at nursing homes or to children at a library, but I love to read to people. And so I'll do that with my friends. So it's like a morning Devo with Melissa. I'll just yeah, exactly. read them something and leave the message. And Keith didn't like his morning Devo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, having had the whole day to think about it. Yes. What is your conclusion? I think there's conclusion. a couple of things. I really love this because it's the thing that I used to have where brothers and sisters in the Lord can wrangle with the word Mm. and discuss it without offense just because it's worthy of that. Yes. Mm. It's worthy of understanding. And so as I went through the day, I was, I really started to understand that my reaction is because of how I view that word Mm. and that doesn't mean that everybody else views that word the same way. And I have to walk with very careful footsteps because my understanding is my, that my understanding of that word is cultural. It's uh, intellectual. It's emotional. There's all these different mm-hmm. things informing what I understand that word to be. And not everybody understands all that stuff or sees it that way or has the same cultural background. So mm-hmm. there's no reason for me to take the author and throw her in the fire with her book. Uh, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that does, I'm gonna take my book and burn it. Yeah, so there's no reason to do that because, you know, here's the funny thing. I got out my big books, uh, my big boy books, and uh, I looked up the word in the Hebrew. Ah. And the Hebrew is exactly how she defined it. It's uh, it's this word called heser, and it means poverty, want, lack, needy, lacking, deficiency, or need and poverty. Mm. And I can tell you right now, God doesn't have any of those problems. No. Mm-hmm. So she she's correct. God has no needs, and I love the way you're saying it there, Melissa. I don't... Uh, because of his relational connection in the Godhead, mm-hmm. he is not wanting for anything. He has, there's nothing driving him to go and manipulate and control and get. Well, 
is he not wanting for anything or is he not needing yeah, well, th- for this is this is where it gets confusing not not so much confusing it's where the fun of the argument is to me because mm-hmm. here's here's where I'll throw a wrench in mm-hmm. I go to the book of Malachi and this is a passage that I've I've looked at many many times and it's it always is interesting to me he's having a discussion with this prophet or with Israel in, you know kind of through the prophet And he says in verse 6, chapter 1, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Where is my respect? So when I read that, that to me, that's communicating an inherent need. It's not, again, it's not that he's missing anything. to. He doesn't need to be completed. But he's entered into arrangement, and there's an expectation of mm-hmm. of reciprocation in the relationship, which for me, in my experience inside the Jewish community, can be the word need can be used to explain that. Ah. Mm. It's like a and I guess I was trying to write a little bit this morning about this. If I look at parents with their children, parents don't need anything from their child unless they're super codependent well let's let's speak of it let's speak (laughs) of it in in a good way let's let's assume the parents a healthy parent the the parents parents a male and female Mm -hmm. who are joined in marriage and doing that well Mm -hmm. and their relationship is solid Mm -hmm. they don't need anything from the child right right however if that child offends them or disobeys or rebels and creates tension, there is something that violates the relationship and the offense, the the hurt that the parents feel yeah. is in my mind going after some kind of what I call a need. And I will totally confess, I'm probably deficient in vocabulary. Uh, no. What's a but better word? Thesaurus, I, I don't think If there's so. a better way of saying it's deserved. Deserved is the word I'm thinking. Um, but I don't know that if there's a better word for deserved, but like it's not something that, or, or required. It, it's required not, gets back to control though. But it, for the relationship to be a healthy one, maybe. Not necessarily. Because, I, because it's hard. Because I think of grace and um, mercy. So they're, uh, grace is what we getting what we don't deserve. What, yes, and mercy is not getting, not getting what we deserve. Yeah. Um, and so then, how does that fold in? That's just me processing out loud. Really, that's why I said that. I don't know, but I, I don't. I still don't like that word. Need. Can Can God do anything on the earth without human beings? Yeah. Yes. What? Anything. Anything he wants. He can make the rocks get up and cry out if you're not gonna. He says so. <laughs> okay, I, so what is, what is, why does he need them to worship? He doesn't need them to. That's a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm, I've gone. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's full circle. It's all for our own good because, because I think we it's were, for his good. Right. But we were created to be vessels of his glory. And so we don't work right if we're not doing what we were created for. Correct. Hey, Robin, do you have the answer? Yeah. Will you tell us what's the answer? (laughs) Well, I don't think, well, God doesn't need us, but people here need the God in us. And they 
need our experiences and how God's walked us through things That's... in order for them to know him. So he doesn't need us, but that's they a, need us. That's a unique way of looking yeah, at that. Yeah, that's a beautiful way. It. Yeah. So, so that that's a, that's very that's an interesting one because I was I was thinking of another one. The Lord, He doesn't have a body. Uh, Jesus said, "My Father has not been seen by anyone, um, and no one has ever heard His voice." So, although He doesn't have a need, the only way for Him to really be known. To manifest? Right. To be manifested is through the creation. So is that, a, that's not a deficiency. I know it's not. No. But. That's kind of cool that he chose us to be the yes. one. I mean, right. come on now. Do, do, would you call that a, would we use the English word need or is there another word that's that I should fold into my vocabulary to use in that case? No, because he could have done it any way he wanted. But I think he gave us. Well, he create, created relationship, right? Yes. And <laughs> Which created, is another one that gets me. <laughs> created a way for us to relate the only way we know how to relate. So had he done it a diff different way, we wouldn't have known the difference, right? <laughs> I'm not smart enough for this conversation <laughs> is what I'm finding. I think, I think it comes happening. down to well, vocabulary. No, no. I think we all agree that God doesn't need anything. No, right? he doesn't. No. He doesn't. Totally agree. Right. But the fact I that guess, I... Let, let, let me restate it. Yeah. Is there a better word that I can use to complement the word need? Well, Paul, here's another example. Paul it. Paul talked about marriage. I'm going to find one. <laughs> Paul talked about marriage. I wish that all of you were like me, because if you knew what I knew in the Spirit walking with Jesus, you wouldn't need to be married. I don't like it when people say that. I really like being married. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I Hey, I, I'm right there with you. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But there was something that he tapped into that made that need for marital relationship, um, what's the right word, uh, not important to him? Um, right. So. Not a necessity? Not a, not a necessity. Is, is it necessity? That's a that, good word. Is it necessity that drives him? That's a good word. Because it's, I mean, there's a, there's a way that things are supposed to work in order for them to be perfect, complete, and whole. And in order for things to be that way, we have to be the way he created us to be. Now that I can understand. Here's a word, the right. He has the right. Yes. Instead of the need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that because of his status as God? God? He has the right to be worshipped, the right. I mean, it's all about his righteousness. Gosh, I really feel like I'm like this just kid throwing out words because I heard him in Bible school. And, <laughs> and I know that they make sense if somebody real smart puts them together, right? Yeah, That's I think I, I just solved it, guys. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm going to look right. But, but here's the... what it triggered in me. Go ahead. Do you have a... No, go ahead. What it triggered in me is I heard somebody once say something along the lines of like, I did this, it was a missionary speaking, and they were talking about like, if I didn't do this, then these people weren't going to hear God, or they, these people weren't going to, you know, learn about God or, or whatever. That That's the point where, I don't know, like flags go off for me when people say that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was Henry Blackaby's uh, Experiencing God book, 
study uh, where he talked about like basically like it's like praying like, Lord, I want to be where you are doing what you, I want to be whatever business you're up to. I want to be in it. Not like, Lord, if I don't reach out to this person, they're going to hell. Like I feel like I've heard that throughout my Christianity and I feel I don't know. And you're very theologically sound, so you can say, but I feel like it's a dangerous thing to think it is. if yeah. you're like, yeah. you're somehow respond because God can you, like I say, like he says, the rocks will cry out if you don't. Yeah. So I think, I think the rocks understand who their maker is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we tend to think that, uh, by our performance, we're going to impress him right, or change his mm. outcomes. And I don't think that has anything to do with it. Jesus makes it very clear in the in John's writing. John makes it very clear about Jesus's words. John 5, John 15, John 17. Jesus is saying stuff like, "I don't do anything unless I've communicated with my Father and he's made it mm-hmm. made it very visible to me." Mm-hmm. He's explained it in the word or he's spoken to me personally some way or somehow he has shown that this is what he's doing and that's the work I do. If you see me do it, it's because he showed me, and that's what I do. Right. So his work yeah. is based on his relationship. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And most of us think that we got to work to get the relationship. Yes. To prove that we know God. That's not how it works. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if we don't get it right, then somehow it messes up his plans. Yeah. If we it have doesn't that kind happen of power, that way. Listen, that kind of power, I always yeah. say we are special, but we're not that special. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Ken hit the nail on the head. He said, we do what we can, but we let God do the rest, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, Proverbs. Yeah. We make the plan. He's he decides with his voice. No or yes. Step. Yeah. Yeah. I so. I I've I've always man, that one's riled me up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I I think I think the fundamentals of what was in that writing is true. Mm-hmm. I think there's a pride in man mm-hmm. that yeah. if we make God like us, then he's easier to relate to. But and, it makes it messy. It makes it hard, actually. Because he's not a human being. Right. And it's such a relief when you really just focus on who he is. You're like, man, that's my creator. And he's holding me in his hand. Like, I can just let go. I mean, and just let God. Sorry, I said it. You know, I here, said maybe, it. I did here, it. Here, maybe here's a good example. I'm a woodworker. And I've made a lot of stuff. And I don't need the stuff that I made. Mm-hmm. But I sure like having it around. Yeah, I like this table right here. I made this table. You from, did a really good job on this. For my nice. for my brother and his wife on their wedding, uh, at their wedding. And now he has it. And now I have it. Yeah, I have it back. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't need it to. It doesn't, you know, complete make you. my. It doesn't right. completely. It doesn't make my day better. Yeah. But it's sure fun having it around. Yeah. It's fun to look at. It's great. You know, it's That's fun to say, good. wow. Yeah, I like this thing. Well, Look what says. I made. And God he said delights in us. Yeah, and he said he created everything and said it is good, yes. right? And guess what? Here's another simple thing. If people come over, man, that's a great table. Where'd you get that? Well, I made it. Oh, wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. That's how it is with God. Oh, you, you're you yeah. with him? Yeah. Oh, well, I want to know him too. Yeah. I think that's where where I look and I see need it's it's a weird. I don't it's know. I don't. I, I lack words. Well, that's a yeah, that's my Keith, problem. There's Keith a need and then the a, a want or funny. a... He he wants the love. Remember, it's the just an enjoyment. Maybe is that is that classified as a need? Well, there was a ver- verse talking about for his goodwill and his pleasure, something along those lines. That that's why we were created, just for just him to, to make love him us. happy. Yeah, 
Doesn't that? I like that. I wish I could just <laughs> think that all I, day long. I, I think we th- just make him happy. I think yeah. two different ways about it. It's great, but it's also weird. Don't bring me down, Jamie. <laughs> Don't you rain on my parade. Don't you do it. That should uh, have been a, a, a heck of a day. <laughs> yeah. Look, and that's how it should be, though. I mean, it's like a father and a, and a mother with their two, their, you know, their infant baby. Oh it's my the gosh. most amazing you thing in that? life. Uh, listen, you know, if. That's never happened face, to me, but <laughs> but but I remember that. Like, if you think about it, as a as a mother with their child, I can remember with each of my girls. If kissing their face was a job, it was a full time job. It's all I did with those babies at first, which oh, actually is literally put innately in you because um it actually boosts their immune system. It's a whole thing. But mm-hmm. I kissed their faces all day long. Yeah. And I, to think I, how do you that not? That love that I, I felt know. for them, I it doesn't compare all day. <laughs> anyway, but that love I felt for them and still do. Would you Doesn't call compare th- the love God has for right. us. Would Get you, out. Would you call Get that out. a need? Oh, it was just this desire to just. Ooh, a desire. A desire. Yes. Good word. Just to kiss them and just to squeeze them. So there's, them there's a desire in the Lord. Getting all excited like I have a baby. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. I love babies. Look out, Farnsworth family. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa needs a family hug tonight. Oh, Go home and I hug do. your family. I am. I'm gonna. <laughs> we won't hug you guys, COVID. We're being responsible anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he loves desire. Us. That's his desire. I like Good that word. word. All right, that's what we'll end up with. So he doesn't need us. Kind of story to tell. He doesn't need us, yes. but he does long for us. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I got it. Okay, <laughs> <I> solved it. <laughs> Makes sense. That's awesome. You just I un- figured it out. <laughs> just unlocked the secrets of the universe. From my own brain. It, it, no, okay, I get it. I can relax. All day long. I can go to bed tonight. <laughs> now you can work. Yeah. Make another table. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Did you have any closing remarks, Robin? Um, No, okay. because I'll probably, it'll take me into. It'll take us all back into the convo. <laughs> well, that and it, yeah. I hope, I hope. It'll, I hope, it'll I hope. take me into my stuff good okay, good cool. I, I think i've found that when our to- we pick a topic somehow it, it relates to it relates the to the to the story yeah. it's a weird thing yeah cool so we'll be right back So here we are at the beginning. Robin, where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in Ocala, Florida, Central Florida. All right. I have lived yep, in Sumter County, Florida. I lived here for 37 years, moved wow. away, and this is going to tell my age, and then came back 10 years later, okay, and um, doing the math. back to my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in Ocala again. I'm in Wildwood. Wildwood. Oh, I like yeah, that. I was name. born in Ocala. That's the hospital. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Wildwood. What a great. That's the name of the city you live in? Yep. Man, oh, what a I cool wouldn't name. be able to say I live in some place. Wildsworth's cool like the most boring. Yeah, Wildsworth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, sorry. It's a nice little, it was a little bitty town, and now um, it has grown. And the villages, I don't know if you've ever heard of the villages, Florida, that is this humongous retirement community. I've heard that, of that, yeah. Yeah, that's where, I mean, I, I'm 
that's where I am. Oh, Basically, wow. it's the villages. Because oh. the villages took over a lot of our family's land, and it's oh, wow. everywhere. There's golf carts everywhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? No, they're on the road. No, they're oh, on the road. Gosh. They have their little bridges. They This this community spreads over three counties. It wow. Is, wow. Is, there's thousands and thousands. I can't even tell you. It's huge. <laughs> gosh. Well, I mean, everybody goes to Florida when they retire, right? That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna get a golf cart so oh. I can go across the little bridge. Oh yeah, across the highway and go to Publix and you gotta you know, have a golf cart. She's definitely from the south. She goes to Publix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I used to go to H E B in Texas, which uh. was my favorite, but <laughs> we got Publix here. Yeah, Publix mm. or Kroger, right? Or Win Dixie. Or Win Dixie. Now that's that is southern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Do they still have Piggly Wigglies? Is that still a thing? Or no? No, they went out. They went out. Oh, that's so sad. Really? That wasn't. Was it in Georgia? Yeah. That's where I like Georgia, South Georgia, Carolina. There was some there, yeah. There was mm-hmm. a Piggly Wiggly in uh, in Ackworth where I lived north of Georgia when I first moved there in 2004. But it ju- like was there for six months and it closed. I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I think we're out of time We should now. talk about your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about your life now. So okay. you were born. And not the grocery stores. Yeah. Right, right, right. You're bo- you were born in Florida. Okay. Yes. How, how was childhood? Was it good? My childhood was, um, we spent a lot of time with my grandparents, mm-hmm. which she was, you know, we loved, you know, grandma, Mima, papa. It was Mima mm-hmm. and papa. Mm-hmm. That's southern for you yeah yes yes um we would play in the garden and drive my pap all crazy we would get he would get so mad at us you know and then we would be in the watermelons and we'd watermelon Watermelon. Um, relay races you know in meanwhile's front yard a bunch of cousins um so we spent a lot of time a lot of time there and the weekends would be hunting we would go hunting with my dad um Mm. We did, we fox hunted. I still, as an adult, I don't understand exactly what that was about. You don't eat fox, and we didn't kill them, but it was running the dogs, and you just stayed up all night, you know. So I learned how to drive <laughs> at nine years old. See, drive the yeah. truck around. This is important. Yes. So, yes. Uh, wait, 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 wait. And it was a big truck, and I'm very short. I've, I've always been very, very yeah, little. How so did it's you like do size that? two toddler, you know, and in going into kindergarten. That's how small I was, oh wow. but <laughs> I would drive this truck around with, you know, my brothers and help my dad load the dogs. And, you know, that was like, that was the best. That was one of my, you know, favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not like we would be out there with a cooler though. I mean, now that I'm a mom, I thought, what? I would never send my kids. I mean, my kids would go hunting and stuff. I would never send them without food and a cooler and, <laughs> you know, like blankets and, 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 you know, stuff. And re- repellents and, and. Yeah. And it wasn't like that. We didn't even have sleeping bags. We would sleep on top of the dog box and hold on to the rail, you know, because they'd be driving in the middle of the night, you know, we're holding on oh my and there would be no pillows or blankets. And I remember my dad, wow. one time he stopped and he got us sausage to just throw in some foil and throw in the fire which we were going to have a meal and some buns some hot dog buns no 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 i take that back it was bread just a slice of bread (laughs) and he got and he bought coke Coca coca-cola in the can no cooler 
no ice Ugh. and mustard. So we were little. I mean, we were in, I don't know, I was like in second grade maybe. And my brother, you know, I'm the oldest, so they were even smaller. And we would eat these hot, it was hot sausage, not mild. It was hot with mustard. And then all we had to drink was hot Coke. And I remember thinking, and I thought, what in the world now? Now, I, you know, it was great memories then, but now I look back like, why? Why didn't we have any of that stuff? Because I don't dads, get it. I really I don't get it. Dad thing. But my dad was very, he had been in Nam, so, you know, oh, wow. suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. I don't yeah, that sounds like my, my wife says that to me all the yeah. time. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was not in Nam, though. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but I have to say, her dad would have done the exact same thing. Hot Coke. Yeah. Throw a sausage in the fire with white bread. Yes. And whatever you could scrounge up. Yeah. I think it's a dad thing for sure. And the other guys that would be, you know, it was like my dad's old, old buddies that would be like uncles to us. You know, there was one guy, all I remember, he had really, really thick glasses, like Coke bottle lens glasses. (laughs) And he, but he would stock his truck. He had like these, these cabinets on the side and he would stock his truck with snack cakes for for us oh. you know so we would get something to eat out there but so we would do that we would hunt or and then you know during the summer we would have to get up on saturday clean do all of our chores and then mom would take us to the beach because we are like i said central very central so it's like an hour and 45 minutes to daytona an hour and a half to crystal river to the gulf oh, that is so, awesome yeah that's, that's a smart world. place to live yeah mm. yeah it's really cool I, i've missed it so I'm I'm happy to be back here. I was I spent my birthday the end of October at Ormond Beach and it was perfect weather. Oh man, that's great. Perfect. Yeah. Hot. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> so good. So we that's that was pretty much it. And then we would go, my mom would cook supper during the week. We would, you know, come home, do homework, do chores, she would cook and then we'd eat, and then my dad would put us in the back of the truck. <laughs> you know, we were in the back of the truck and we would go down the road to my mom's house and hang out there on the porch until it was time for us to go home and get a bath and go to bed and hmm. school the next morning. Were you a church? Um, were you a church going family at all or anything? Yeah. Yes. We, yes, we went to the assembly of God. Oh, did you, you said yes. that already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we so, went to the assembly of God. And you said you went through like, so when going up to 13, Mm-hmm. And that's when your father left, and then yes. after that is when you moved moved out at fifteen. Was that like so? How I, do you get from thirteen yeah. to fifteen and being like, you know what, it's time for me to move out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it. I was just. I was so. I was damaged. I was abandoned. You know, that feeling of. I mean, my dad, I hunted with him since I was like six weeks old. You know, I, I was, was I was just going to say, it sounds like if you have that kind of response, you must have had a really, really good relationship with him as a young, young girl. I did. I, um, I took pride in the fact that I'm the only one that looks like him out of the four of us. You know, oh. I'm the one that had the dark hair. My brothers and sisters are blondes and um, I'm the short, you know, I, I it was just, you know, I really, honestly, I idolized him. He wow. was my, you know, he was my, we were very close. So whenever he left, um, 
he was actually, you know, seeing someone else and, you know, the hunting had stopped and he, but he was still going hunting, but we just couldn't go with him anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And so those things, um, he abandoned me. That's the way I, 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 you know, he left my mom, but no, he left me yeah. like right. me, Sure. you know, how could you leave me? Mm-hmm. And I went through and because of me being the oldest, I remember, you know, sitting on the floor beside my mom and dad's bed and him crying, my mom crying because of the things that he was doing and the way he was living. And he didn't know what to do with himself or how to get out of it or, you know, and so I, I took on that role. My mom, she was even hospitalized whenever my dad left from, you know, malnutrition and and dehydration and because she wanted she wanted to die oh wow so i was taking you know hiding knives in the house hiding you know anything it was just it was it was so devastating to the whole community not just our family it it rocked everyone really so That's, that's probably because of the church family and that the church family is the town family and everybody well, knows everybody uh, not well just that you know my dad was born and raised here oh, wow. so and then you know whenever my mom and he whenever they got married they just fell in love with her and people were shocked they wow. they did not see that come nobody saw it coming i mean we didn't mm. what did your and, dad um, what did your dad do for work and stuff he worked out of town um a lineman Oh, okay. Uh, Lyman for the power company. So he worked out of town. That's part of it, huh? Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah. So, so you're, you're in those years that can, are you like some people who can point to a particular moment where you know, you met Jesus in spite of, you know, going to church and all of that. Was there a moment where you can say, yep, this was the moment I may not have walked with him, but we met, I acknowledged him. Mm. And that was the beginning. I will say that my relationship with Jesus did not come until about 11 years ago. Mm. Wow. The, the real relationship. The, I didn't know. I didn't know him. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he loved me. I didn't know about the love of Jesus. I knew that I was supposed to serve the Lord. I knew that I was supposed to be in church and supposed to take my kids to church. And, um, you know, that was the right thing to do. And I always wanted to serve him. That was never, I mean, even whenever I wasn't, it was still that deep, you know, sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know the love. I, I always felt like I never, I never had any self-worth or confidence at all. And I realized that, you know, that was probably the enemy at a very, very young age. Yeah. Trying to, you know, make me doubt everything. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So I feel like. And I actually met Jesus in my kitchen. Eleven I wasn't years. even in church for, <laughs> I didn't have a church home at that time. Wow. And this went on for months. Me and Jesus. <laughs> I love that, actually. Yeah. 
And so skipping back to at 15. Yeah, this is like yeah. not many people get married when they're 16. So, yeah, we, so we need to uh, Yeah, they, talk they about really do, they still don't, okay? Yeah. That was and nobody did back then either. I did, but right. So, um, yes, I I was just I think that there was at one point my dad found me and he called this in this house that I was at and he told me that I he I needed to tell him where I was and I had to you know, he was coming to get me. I said, you don't get to do that anymore. Right. Mm. You know, I was so angry. I was so angry for a long time. Very bitter, very angry. And um, I think I thought that maybe he would come back or I could, you know, that he, mm. if I could get him to come back. Maybe that's what I thought in the beginning. Mm. Um, but then I, it, I mean, like the anger just took over and I had, I rebelled as much as I could, as much as I could. I mean, I almost killed my mom. You know, I would leave the house and she'd be on the floor crying and um, begging me. And she would say, I don't want you to go to hell. You know, that's what she would say. I just don't want you to go to hell. But I never heard she and oh, mom, me and mom, we've had this conversation, but I never heard Robin, Jesus loves you. He loves you. You're his daughter. You know, I mean, I never heard those things. And even with my dad, my dad would be, you need to have your butt in church. Uh, but sounds, that yeah. was it. There was never the example of the father. Now, my mom, she's a prayer warrior. She's a mighty woman of God. She she is. Um, but I realized in those years, you know, it's like my years now. And she was still learning and growing herself. So... You know, and there was things, yeah, that she she didn't know to teach me at that time, but um, I never, I never had, I never learned that part mm-hmm. as a kid. The most important uh, part. The most important, yes, the most important part. Um, so I made choices. I made so many mistakes, and I know that it was through the hurt and the pain, and you know, things that I needed to heal from. Um, and once I realized what, I mean, it, it took him, it was, you know, me leaving. I had to leave here also. I got through. Well, we'll get to that part. The, the other marriage, the, the other marriage. So, so you're okay. married at 16 and, and, yeah. and you have a kid right away, right? <clears throat> right away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I we got married in May and I had Zach in April. And I was 17. And what? Were and you, then what were you guys? Were you oh, in school, high school, or were you? Did you drop out? Or oh yeah, I dropped out. Yeah, <laughs> I dropped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I can tell you all the things not to do in life. Good. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything. So you? Yes, dropped- I dropped out, and I worked. I mean, I worked. Yeah. Do you feel like at that point, you know, you're you're married, you're having children? Do you look back and at that and think I was just in survival mode? Like I was just doing the next thing. Were, were you conscious at that time that man think at some point I'm going to have to deal with what mm. has happened? Or were you just like, I, I got to no, do the next thing? I didn't even know. I didn't think anything was wrong with me at that time. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was just creating my own family. Mm-hmm. And of course the person that I was doing that with was not, you know, the one God sent here for me. You know, it was one I just picked in 
honestly in desperation mm-hmm. to make my own life still just rebelling and I don't know why my dad signed for me to get married <laughs> like that was the stupidest thing yeah that he could have done at that time but I say this even now I, I don't have any regrets even through failed marriages widowhood mm-hmm. all the things that I've been through I don't live a life of regret or wishing I could do whatever because I definitely don't want to go backwards um yeah yeah what and I wouldn't be you? where I am or who I am today if it wasn't for all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I made those choices and I own them. Yeah. So anyways, so, so what was, and a... then I had Brianna at mm-hmm. 19. How was your marriage? Horrible, abusive. Oh, I knew that he was going to abandon me. That was my, I mean, I knew I was always going to be abandoned. Mm-hmm. That's what I I mean, I've gone through a lot of therapy too, guys, you know, so yeah. <laughs> um, to realize, you know, the patterns that I had. But yes, I, I knew that he was going to leave, but that was the best thing he could have ever done. And how, was old, leave. how old were you when that happened? 19. Ooh, that was a quick marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So he left you and you were alone with the kids. Mm-hmm. He just, did he bail on them? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He bailed on them. Um, like I said, Brianna was six months old when he left and he, he was gone. He was gone. I, Out yeah. of the picture for good. I divorced him, him, um, without him even knowing because I had to put it in the paper and then, mm. um, so he was long gone. Oh yeah. He's yeah. yeah. He was gone. Wait a minute. You had to put it in the paper. What do you mean? You had to run an ad <laughs> when Why? to get divorced. You have that? to run an ad to like reach out and find the estranged person, and oh if gosh. they don't respond within so many days, then you go and you. That's oh. that's for parental um, the father. Oh, the they other have parent. the chance. Yeah, to... for the kids' sake, they have to do. Oh, that. so it's no longer a private matter. No. Wow. Not when it comes to well, not, support for children. I don't know how they do it now. I mean, we are talking. Oh my gosh, twenty eight years ago 28 years ago might mm. be different now yeah but yeah i had to do that for the adoption also isn't <laughs> you're referring to that mm. i had to run an ad in the paper interesting for that and how so how long after that did you get married again how old were you when you 26 26 so a fair amount of time yeah mm-hmm. and with that marriage did you go into it believing that that one would go well or did you expect more of the same and you were just like it is what it is um it didn't start out great but whenever right after we got married <laughs> um he became sober and oh he was an alcoholic um not exactly drug, no drug it was user. more drugs okay but he became sober and then we he adopted you know it was his idea he wanted to adopt zach and brianna and then we had garrett the youngest one and um we took our kids to church i mean every time the doors were open we you know we made sure that our kids went to the camp the church camp um and we really tried you know to serve the lord and raise the kids right and Mm -hmm. We were, we were a good partnership as far as, I mean, and he was, he was a great, he was a great dad. He was for 
for that time. We both worked full time. He would go and he would be the one to do the golf um, tournaments with Zach and the track meets with Brianna and Sean. And, you know, he would take care of Garrett, which was his baby. And, you know, he was, we just had this, this great team. We, mm-hmm. we were, we were a good team at raising the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that went on. And then one day he wanted to start drinking again. And at that time, I mean, this is 10 years later. And at that time I, I was not okay with it. I was fearful that abuse would start if that happened. And basically he just left. <laughs> he mm-hmm. left so he could go, you know, do his thing, do his thing. And we were in the process of the adoption um, with miracle. That was the other thing. And I mean, we worked a lot and we were raising a lot of kids. So I kind of feel like maybe it was just too much for him at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So can you remind us or tell us the miracle story again? My miracle, my miracle. Um, you know, I knew her when, of course, she was born. And we had even had her whenever she was about three years old, potty trained her and stuff. And her mom got her back. And, and who, who was her mom? How, how were you guys related? Um, my husband that passed away, his um, first cousin's daughter. So she was a cousin. Miracle was our cousin. Mm-hmm. And she, there was an accident. Her mom had a car accident and miracle almost drowned and they brought her to us and at that time we we were you know we were just trying to help her mom get her life you know straightened out and be supportive and we were it was a temporary thing we were you know not gonna be keep a miracle and god was like whatever you know you might think that (laughs) but i've got plans lady so um so anyways, we went through a lot of stuff with her, her biological mom, and then we fought to keep her and we fought with a guardian ad litem to have her mom's rights terminated so we could adopt her. Wow. And she, she's amazing. <laughs> she is such a, um, a woman of God, and but she was always such a powerful little prayer person and we didn't even know but she would be praying us out of situations or she prayed herself out of situations Mm -hmm. and whenever i got her the only thing she wanted to do she wanted to learn how to swim and how to read and um i had to take her she had well we found out that she was almost blind and her left eye and her right eye wasn't much better and after some different tests we found out that she had fetal alcohol effects and um asperger's so she was diagnosed with those things because i was like no there's something there's just these little things with her you know yeah um but she's very intelligent and she learned her vocabulary is huge she doesn't talk like any of us you know (laughs) and i don't even know where she got it from because it's not like her biological mom either yeah but um yeah, so I fought for her. We allowed her to change her name if she wanted to. Her name was Miracle. Her birth mm. name was Miracle. And um, they said through therapy that if she decided that she wanted 
to do that, that it would be good for her because it kind of like cuts away the old life. Mm. And I was like, that, that's my miracle. Yeah. She's all, she's, she's gotta be miracle. So we made this agreement that she could choose a name as long as she kept miracle as her middle name. And I could still call her miracle. Mm. So, <laughs> Um, and she changed her name to Carly. And I think it was that little Disney show, iCarly. Yeah. Oh, she changed her name <laughs> to Carly. So she became Carly Miracle Lang. And God's cool like that, too. Um, the reason that she was able to use Lang was because that was my last name. And even though his name was Marvin, that my mm-hmm. husband had passed away. So even though his name didn't go on her birth certificate as her father and, you know, that she would be another Lang, I was still a Lang. So Mm. she has the same last name as all of the kids. Cool. Even though I'm her only parent. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. She's, she's amazing. And so in your timeline, you're, your second husband was murdered. Correct. Yes. And by Miracle's mother, biological mother's brother, his cousin. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that could probably be a podcast in itself. Mm. Um, Did that have anything to do with the adoption? No. Uh, they had been hanging out. We didn't even know where he was. And I had said many times, um, it wouldn't surprise me if one day they knocked on my door, someone knocked on my door and told me that he, he was dead. Mm. And, but even though I said that many times, I never expected it to happen. Sure. And it doesn't prepare you, even if you think it, Right. you know, so whenever we did get that knock on the door, I, I was shocked. Like, and that was, was their very, relation. very hard. I was very mad at him. I was very mad at him anyway. So he had left. He had left all the kids. Okay. So he, he had left, left in the middle of the adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was mad. And then he got himself killed. <laughs> they did. So him and, you know? and his cousin, they just had a rocky relationship. No, if you want to know, the, like I said, oh gosh. No, that's they okay. They were fighting no. over a beer. Okay. okay. That's, that's simple. Yeah. They were fine. Well, yeah. And, you know, just got out of hand. One, yep. one got out a gun and Marvin said, I'm not scared of you. And he tried to pull the gun. It was a little, tw- it was a 22 rifle. And um, his cousin pulled the trigger and it hit him right in the, in the neck, right in. Mm-hmm. And he dropped and died. And he was actually just in, well, right around where I live now. He was not far from where. Mm. where we lived but we didn't even know that he was in town oh wow so then i had to because we were still i was still his wife i had to take it was me and the kids i went by myself it was me and my kids six kids we went to the funeral home oh wow and my nine-year-old said mom just what's the cheapest casket Mm. and we picked out his casket and I let them pick the flowers. And even though I was so mad at him, um, <laughs> I have a funny story about that too. I was so mad at him. I, uh, 
wanted to honor him for the kids. Mm. So that's what we did. I, um, a funny story. And during this time, I I wish I could see the kid now, but I had to go buy clothes for this, for this man that had left us, you know, didn't support us. Mm. And I had to go buy clothes for him to be buried in. Mm. I was really mad at that time. So I go to this Western store and I walk in and there's this kid who actually had went to school with my older kids. He's in high school and he comes up and he said, can I help you? And I said, and I'm slinging shirts on the rack. I'm just (laughs) slinging them as hard as I can. And I said, I have to buy. So anyways, I, I have to find a shirt for my dead husband and you know and all this and he went got himself killed and he wears this and i don't even know why he didn't even support the kids he didn't do this he didn't do i just was going off because i was so mad and i i couldn't help it Mm. and this kid was traumatized he was absolutely traumatized (laughs) and he stood there looking like i don't know if i can help her or not i don't know if i should really go try to help her find a pair of jeans or if i need to (laughs) just just walk walk away away from this lady like oh my gosh i think this is zach and brianna's mom oh my gosh you know like it was yeah so i had a lot to process then a lot also and you're a single mom with six kids how do you find time to take care of yourself oh we didn't know anything about that (laughs) so how so how old were you or no you don't get that what is that what was that we didn't even know what that was right how old were you then when this happened oh my gosh 30 35 okay so you're 35 and you're thrown into the single mom again again yeah yeah (laughs) Two marriages, abandoned, I guess you could say three times. Yeah. 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 That's a load in the mid-30s. Yeah. Just think, that's not even my whole story. I was going to say, then what happened? What what is that life? (laughs) Is that life number two of the nine you spoke of at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was so, well, and there's more to that story also. He also had, he um, had a girlfriend that was shot also in that situation and she was much younger Mm. and me being i guess i've always just tried to think about the other side of the situation and 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 with people you know try to always try to figure out what made them the way that they are Mm -hmm. because i know what made me do things i've done you know so there was this girlfriend and i had to accept the fact that she had been with him for like two years and shot, you know, and through, and he died in front of her. So I had to talk to my kids and allow her to come to the funeral. Oh my gosh. Um, That was, yes. And then my daughter wanted to beat her up at the, I was going to say rage would feel like an appropriate emotion at that point. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember walking up to his, um, to his casket and, and like, okay, I'm going to talk to you now. Like everybody had walked out and I'm going to talk to you now. And I'm like, I'm going to forgive you. I have to forgive you. I can't live like this. I'm going to forgive you. Um, you know, and you kind of think you, you, you do that, but no, I didn't. Mm. And so whenever we were out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you do it, you do it, but making that real is a whole nother thing. 
Oh yeah. You I can was say so it. Mad. You can I mean, say it. But... I'm so so mad. Yeah. And so we go out to the where we're at the cemetery, and the pastor has given roses off of the the thing on the casket that was the kids what they picked out. Well, he handed one to that girl, the girlfriend. And she took it. That was the thing. She took it. And um, my daughter came unglued, mm. literally car door slinging open, trying to get out, you know, and we're, then we're trying to break up a fight at the, Oh my! Gosh. so, and Brianna was, um, she was 15. Mm. She was 15 at that time. So there was just a lot, there was a lot of lot to deal with. Wow. So I get through that. I mean, I, I go through a really, really hard depression and um, just lose my head for do you have a little a, while. Do you have any kind of circle of people around, like friends or close friend, anybody that was there for you, or is you kind of isolated? Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. So I, um, being that I'm the oldest and I was usually the one to take care of everyone else, you know, like I've taken in my siblings and, you know, took care of my parents. Um, at times, you know, I helped my mom just with different things and being that person, people don't think you need anything. You know, they, uh, I mean, they don't think that they think you've got it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I learned a lot on what not to do as a parent mm -hmm. with my kids after that. Um, I held up the funeral because I had a panic attack mm -hmm. and my dad was actually really mad at me because I held up the funeral mm -hmm. because I had a panic attack and couldn't get out of the car. But as far as... Um, I think I would be very understanding of that. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, I didn't have that. My grandparents were that for me, mm. um, but I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, I, I, I didn't. So you have to go through the, what is that? The span of 15 years and all the, the results of choices and things that have happened, the waterfall of that finally just kind of breaching over you have to go through that by yourself and still be a mom and function on some kind of level yeah it it wasn't good uh, because i of the role that i always played in my family um wow. That's i remember staying in the bed for a few days and really feeling so hopeless and alone and my sister sitting on the side of the bed crying because she had never seen me in that capacity ever mm. and it scared it scared her and then I went through a few months of not leaving the house mm. because I felt like if I left um I could die mm. and if I die my kids oh. have no one yeah so you know I processed that and, and and still at this time I did not know the love of Jesus you know I did not know of any worth in here at all Wow. At all. So, yeah, that was, it was a very, very, very hard time. Very hard time. And it about a year went by, and then I woke up one day and I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. God, I can't do this anymore. I need you. 
And still, I didn't know that love, but I knew I needed him. And me and my kids moved out of the place that um, we had lived, the, the home that we had. We moved and we moved to another county. And that's where I went to a church. And as soon as I walked in the doors, I felt this love from a family, you know, like a church family. And, um, and it wasn't my mom's church or my dad's church. It was a place for me. And I'll never forget, I've met with the pastor because I've, you know, obviously I need to talk about some things. And he started asking me these questions. He's a retired NFL player for the, um, the Colts. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Tony McCoy. Number 61, Tony McCoy. Anyways. (laughs) So he, yeah. So he, I met with him and I was just complaining about, you know, basically the men in my life. And he was like, well, tell me about this. And he was asking questions about me. And I I said, wait a minute. Like, are you hearing me? I'm telling you what they did, what they did to me, you know, like how bad they were. And he just was, he kept asking me about my life and it it made me mad. You don't need to ask about me. I'm all right. But anyways, he really opened up some things and I remember, you know, the Holy Spirit saying some things to me while I was there. And I joined that church the very first day. Wow. I joined. And I was, hey, I was going to do this. I was going to be all alone, just me and the kids. I'm going to be all alone. I'm going to dedicate my life to the Lord because I definitely never want to go through anything like this again. All the rest, you know, all the stuff prior. And um, that was good for... I don't know, a few months. And then I felt I ran ahead of God again. Um, I felt that I needed to move closer to my brother so he could be the man in my kid's life. Mm. And that was in Jacksonville. So I moved to Jacksonville and I left that church home. And as we, um, we moved there, it was a, it was very empty feeling, just very empty. Um, And it definitely didn't turn out like, you know, it was supposed to. Well, during that time, you know, me that I was never going to be, I was just, it was just going to be me and God. My sister-in-law, she created a, um, a a profile for me on, on a dating website. Mm. I was like, that's safe. I'll just talk to somebody Mm. that's safe, you know, and I'm, I'm good. I'm good at this point. And I'm a Christian. Well, I was a Christian woman, a widow, not too much. Cause I didn't even do it, you know? And I, and I really didn't think much about it. Well, I'll just make that shorter. I met a man in the army and we talked for 10 months and then he became my husband and I moved to Georgia. Hmm. So, now, was that a decision led by the Holy Spirit? No, no, <laughs> yeah. not at all. So, so, um, so you mentioned, I tried, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You just said you were a Christian woman. So, so you, this is after you were saved. <clears throat> so you went to that church and then you had, uh, your experience in the kitchen, right? Or whatever. No, that came after oh, okay. I okay. married. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. No, cool. that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're in Georgia. So then I'm in Georgia. Yes, I was basically just just starting 
to get to know the Lord. Mm. Really, no. But then because of old stuff, old trauma, well, and, you know, Satan likes to do some setup stuff Mm -hmm. and not being strong enough, you know, and still not knowing, you know, the self-worth or or who God says I am, not having any idea of my identity in him. Still, none of that. I I haven't got that far yet. So I make another choice. And by this time, my Zach and Brianna were older, so they weren't at home anymore. And it was, uh, I took Garrett Miracle. We moved to Georgia. I married this man who, he was totally different. You know, he was a soldier. He was, um, had been in the army, what, 15 years at that time. And uh, that that thing called trauma bonding. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. I've just recently I've heard that. What is it? Yeah. Well, I that's I learned about that. Yeah. Explain that, that for the time. folks at home that don't know exactly what that is. Yeah. I'm sorry. For the folks at home that don't know exactly oh. what that is. Explain that one. Well, I don't know a whole lot about it other than, you know, with all of the stuff that I had lived through. And all of the things he had lived through, there was so many things that were like parallel. Mm -hmm. So it created this comfort, this bond, this, um, it's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. Yeah. It's (laughs) not, it's not a true, it's very, yeah, I I know. I'm sorry. No, I I think what you're trying to say is the bond isn't based on love. Not, no, not, there's love there. Mm. Um, it's, it's ba- it's not based on let's join together because our lives together have an impact on a community we have a vision together we're going somewhere it's really a bonding over the common pain and suffering you've been through and you give each other comfort yes and there's this kind of mistake you make thinking that that, that is actually what you can build a relationship on and it it does it doesn't last well no <laughs> um, well, it it wasn't just that part for our marriage. Well, I, and I had this other issue where whenever I would get married, it's like, oh, I would make sure that, you know, they would go to church with me, mm-hmm. that they would do basically the part that I saw of my parents, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid that we're going to, I'm going to get this right. We're going to get this right. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, because I was always for Mm. the Lord. I just didn't know him. Mm. So you're trying to go back to your, your youth then in a, in a way, recover that lost moment when you were a kid. I think it's just what we were taught, you know, what it was supposed to look like, Mm. you know, and I mean, and I did want my kids in church. I, I mean, I wanted them to know the Lord even though I didn't know him like I needed to, but I wanted them to know the Lord and be raised that way. Um, even though my, my childhood was kind of a warped way of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband, then we went to church and I didn't realize a lot of the things that he had going on. I think because he would he would go off for training, he'd be gone for a month, 
or, you know, he deployed right after we got married. So there was nine months of us being apart. So I didn't pick up on everything. Um, so in you, the first, so you were talking for 10 months, moved, got married, and then he was gone for nine months. Yeah. Wow. wow. And you still had your six kids with you? No, I only, I only had the two, Okay. the older, because the old, the Oh. Older ones were older. Yeah. They, so all I had out. was Garrett and <laughs> yeah, all I had was Garrett and Miracle at that time. Okay. Um so it was just the three of us. And yeah, he deployed. Um and you know, I was able to that's whenever I met I really met Jesus was whenever he left. Mm. And he was deployed. And I also went to therapy because I had, you know, buried a husband and been through a lot of different types of abuse and just, you know, just my stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was going to take that time to really work on myself because I, I knew I needed to. Mm -hmm. So I had spent those nine months working on Robin and healing and Jesus just kept meeting me in the kitchen, you know, whenever I was sweeping and, and, you know, like mopping floors. And I would just, I remember this, you know, I would feel like this love just, it was just like, well, oil pour, you know, just pouring mm. over me yeah. and I would cry. I said, what is going on? Oh my gosh, this, this is it. This is the love of Jesus that I never knew about. So I would call my mom or I would call my spiritual mom, which is my mom's best friend. And, you know, I would talk have these long conversations with them to understand what all was really taking place. And um, it was during that time that I became, I say this, I became Robin Carnes mm. because I'm, I'm not changing my name whenever this, this divorce is final. Mm. I'm not changing my name. And people say, why would you keep the, that name if you don't even have kids, you know, because this, this is who I am. God created or he allowed me to really know who I am in him with that name with that name Robin yeah. Carnes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, so <laughs> through Georgia, then we were moved to Texas and I was very mad about that. I said, "Okay, God, I don't I don't think it's time for us to move." Like he's about to retire and I just went and bought a table that I'm about to finish re redo, you know, and I don't care what the army says. I really don't care what the army says. So I'm going to pray about this and you're going to let us stay here. But if it doesn't happen, then you'll open all the doors and like immediately the house rented with a retired pastor that was coming out of retirement to, you know, so everything opened up way. I mean, it was God saying, yeah, you're going to go to Texas. Um, and then during that time, my oldest son had struggled with addiction for uh, since his dad died. And during that time is whenever I brought Zach to Texas and we joined a church there. We were all very active, very active in, in the church. And um, I know Zach it was meant for us to be in Texas for him to be there. Mm. And then in 2019 is when I lost Zach mm. to an overdose. Mm. Mm. I'm so sorry. 
Well, you know, God's answered all of my questions. Mm. He's given me all the answers. I know why. I know where Zach is. I I'm very grateful. Mm. And that's what my, you know, I pray for other moms that uh that they would get those answers. They would know. How old was Zach? 29. Mm. You, and he you, was my uh, best friend. You you speak of Texas uh, um you know that you were led by God to be there for his sake. Um did he find um an understanding community for himself there that in spite of the addiction and all the problems. Oh yeah. It was that yes, the thing um, that really ministered to him in those mm-hmm. years. Yes. He, um, whenever I brought him to Texas, I got him into a faith-based rehab. I mean, before he even got there and he went to the rehab, he was there for about three months. He got out and the minute, you know, as soon as he got out, we went to church and we had been going And as soon as we got there, uh, he signed us up for every outreach program there was. I mean, everything. And I remember that Sunday going, wait, hold on a minute, son. I mean, he was wonderful with everybody. He was so loved. He was just this big, jolly, bouncing ball of love (laughs) that he just exuded love. And he wanted to do this outreach. He was always a servant. always a servant he helped everyone mm-hmm. sorry it's okay take your time honestly i haven't cried in a while over and so Anyways, he signed us up for all of these, um, <laughs> this outreach thing. And it was really hot. It was like in July, August in Texas, you know, oh, 120 geez. degrees. Oh. And he signed us up to do this back to school bash where I, he signed me up to be at a, the end of a water slide with little <laughs> kids, you know, jumping off with water. And I said, I don't, that's not my calling, son. That's you. Don't sign me up for this stuff, you know, but we all did it together. We did everything together as a family. Well, I mean, mm. everything. My other kids, they moved to Texas also. So, I mean, and they have husband, you know, my daughter has a husband and mm. my son has, my youngest son has a wife. They've had kids there. So, yes, God migrated us all there. Mm. Um, for, I mean, not just Zach. Yeah. So, he was welcomed by our church family. They wrapped him up. He was I mean, he was an usher. He was the Easter bunny, you know, (laughs) things. He would be um, every Thanksgiving. He was there early in the morning to carve turkeys, to deliver meals to the the people less fortunate. He did. He was always there. He was always one that they knew they could call on and he would be there to help. Hmm. That was who that's who he was. Um. So he got that. He even um, he went on a missions trip to to Ecuador, and I know whenever it, you know they had to interview for this, they had to apply and interview. And whenever Pastor Marsha chose him, I mean, I know he felt like I made it. 
Hmm. I've made it, you know, and he um, shared. He went with a bunch of women. There was only um, one other big guy and they were like the protectors of, you know, the women. They would carry their stuff. They would, you know, make sure that they were, you know, they were like security. <laughs> and he had taken his phone and recorded videos every day for me because he was so proud. That, I mean, and he just always said, Mom, you never gave up on me. <laughs> And our relationship was so, um, we were so close to people. We got on their nerves, honestly. <laughs> they were, they were like one of, you know, our friend slash therapist, she would be like, seriously, y'all don't need to talk so much. <laughs> and Zach, he called me, he was like, mom, I got to tell you, like he was breaking up with me. He says, mom, I'm breaking sorry. Up with Miracle, you. can you get me Kleenex, please? I don't know. Just give me something. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, but he told he told me he was like, "Mom, we can't talk so much. We just can't talk every day." I said, "What are you talking about? <laughs> Who said that?" And he said, "Joanne said, you know, like I need to make some decisions on my own." I was like, "Okay, well, fine. Don't call me every day." And then I said, "Wait a minute. They don't know us." They don't understand. You know, like we grew up together pretty much. I was seventeen. Oh, he was right. my. Yes. He was my baby, you know, he was mine. And um and he did. He called me every day. I mean, and he loved whenever we could do the video calls, you know. He would always thanks, babe. He would call me on the video calls and he was like, What's up, Madre? What's up, Mom? You know. <laughs> so and I'll tell you, I never thought I was gonna lose him. Mm. Not then, not after everything that we had gone through. Mm. Um not then was was his struggle something that was had been happening for a long time or was it on and off or was his drug use like something you were aware of at the time or he it started whenever he whenever their dad died right and I now wasn't aware of the extent and of course it just escalated after mm -hmm. that so like for the 10 years he struggled mm -hmm. you know back and forth mm -hmm. um and I would always be there, not not to enable him, because I didn't do that. But, yeah. you know, he, I would feed him. Sure. He was, but he would work. He would always pick himself up. The, the thing that he struggled with the most, which, you know, I actually wrote a blog for Jesus Calling, talking about that type of, like, mental health awareness and depression and, you know, seeking help and, you know, until you're healed, until God heals you, do what you need to do mm -hmm. here, you know, use, use the resources that you have. So Zach struggled. He was um, diagnosed with depression at a very young age mm -hmm. and ADHD, and he was on medication. And then whenever he turned 18, I mean, his, their dad had just died. It was you know, oh, he, he yeah. was like, okay, well, I don't want to take it anymore. So he quit taking the medicine that he needed. And then he just ended up self-medicating mm. and the, the loss because, you know, he was also abandoned. And then you have the dad that comes in and adopts you, you know, and their bond was, you know, it was, you would have never known that he wasn't his real father. Mm. So, that, you know, is what 
Well, then to have him, his, yeah, he leaves and then he dies. I mean, that, yeah. that's a, that's just yeah, that's just crazy to have to deal with all that. Yeah, it's and amazing. you know, it's, the power of addiction is like you're talking about how he was involved in the church and doing all this stuff. You can be a Christian and be involved in all those things yeah. and still struggle, struggle. with addiction or Gosh. anything. Yeah. Did you read my? Did you read? Um, my website where I share that those those are my words actually that mm. you just said. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you said it earlier. Said something about self care not being a thing back then. I like, I think self care came in around 2010 somewhere. You know, you, yeah, yeah. Because we mm-hmm. I think depression and suicide has taken our country by the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And just stranglehold on people now. You know, that I think postmodernism has given people a, no reason to live. And moral decay has destroyed our ability to love each other. So the you know relationships and, are dead. And that's the way you know, my family was with my brother and my brother's in prison. You know, he has dealt with addiction since he was about 17, I think, um, my sister, same thing. And for the most part, they're just shunned, you know, they are. And, and I have to say this about Zach, his heart never changed. Mm. Like you never saw, I mean, because I've dealt with addiction for a long time, but you know, I've had where they turned ugly you mm-hmm. know their hearts are ugly they're mm-hmm. just they they become so numb and dark yeah zach never that never happened to him i thank god for that yeah. i thank god that i did yeah. not have to see him like that yeah because his heart never changed for people but his part was he would get so down on himself whenever mm-hmm. he would fall mm-hmm. that the shame and the guilt that was the hardest thing for me to try to talk him out of yeah. you know to you're forgiven we get up and we go again, yeah. you know, we, he doesn't even remember. Right. God doesn't even remember. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep going until we don't have to. Anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but that was, he hated disappointing people. Mm-hmm. He hated hurting me and pastors. And, you know, he was very close with, with all of them. Um, so whenever he died, it rocked our whole entire church. Mm-hmm. Everyone felt that loss. Mm-hmm. And our, some of his best friends are my be- best friends. So I think that that helped in my grieving that um, they grieved with me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. At, at this time, are you still with the man in the <laughs> army? So um, during this time, I realized we had almost divorced in 2017. Um, I lost my grandfather not long after we moved to Texas. And during that time, I remember I was asked to write the eulogy for my family because I was that person for like my whole entire family. And we were on our way driving and I was listening to praise and worship music and I was getting my, you know, thoughts together and process. And I, plus I just lost him. And my husband was very mad. He was so mad at me that I was not talking to him on the drive. 
Oh, jeez. And even at the funeral, he, he didn't even sit with me. And these were things, you know, and I would try to um, excuse that type of behavior as, you know, part of PTSD and, you know, these other things and, and you know, just pick myself up. And then I lost my niece. She was 15. Um, she actually died in the place that I live now. Mm. But my brother's daughter, I oh. lost her in 2017. And I came to Florida and I was here for about a week. Well, yeah, about a week. And of course, I'm the one that took care of everyone. So I'm here just picking up pieces and, you know, trying to take care of everybody. And I get home and I have a, um, I'm doing also an event for our church, a 50th anniversary event for 250 people. And so I'm putting on this thing. I mean, as soon as I get back and I am totally spent, Mm -hmm. I mean, like I was totally spent. And that night after the event, my husband told me that he had been really mad at me while I was in Florida. And I thought, and I'm laying in bed finally, like I can finally like decompress and go Mm -hmm. to sleep. And I thought, I said, what? And I thought, am I hearing things? What? You were mad at me? And he was mad at me because I did not check on him while I was gone. And this is a man in the army. This is a first sergeant in the army. And I, it just hit me. And in that moment, uh, that's when we almost divorced. And I thought, how could, how could you? He never asked how we were. He never, he never asked how the kids were. Like, you know, my youngest was a pallbearer. We went to the cemetery that, you know, my kid's father had been buried at that we hadn't been back to. There was so many things that we had dealt with. And this man had no, he, no compassion whatsoever. And um, I had also found out when I first um, went to therapy that he he was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I didn't know about the seriousness of that mm-hmm. um, at all. I've dealt with, you know, different things, addiction and, and you know, but that type of, um, that type of abuse is a whole different level of things that I, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Yeah. Narcissism so, is, is more than just putting yourself first. It's a, it's, it's right. really, really serious. It is. It's, it's very, um, demented. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Right. You're there to serve him. Yeah. It's, uh, it was definitely, um, so I lose Zach, you know, we, we split up, got back together and, you know, and then now my husband is also an usher in church. He's come to know the Lord. Um, he thanks God for me because he wouldn't know Jesus if it wasn't for me. Um, all of that. And then I lose Zach and he was even worse Wow! during that time than he was prior and the abuse. And I can't even, I had to leave my home because it was so bad. He had no care, no compassion whatsoever. Mm. He wanted me to go to marriage counseling just weeks after Zach died because we didn't have a marriage, he said. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. That's... Our pastors, um, they gave us, they were gifting us a vacation week at in Galveston at a um, vacation rental place. It was a timeshare. And my husband would not take off two days from work to take me there. And whenever I told him, I'm just going to give you some little things. <laughs> whenever I told him that, I said, well, maybe I'll just go by myself. I mean, Zach was my son. Mm-hmm. Zach was only in his life total. I mean, we were married for 10 years, but, or yeah. Um, but Zach was around like four, four years mm-hmm. with him. So um, anyways, I said, well, maybe I'll just go by myself, you know, and, and I wasn't being like, I'm, I'm dying here. Like Mm -hmm. I literally don't even know how to breathe Mm -hmm. and I have to go and I got to talk to God about this. Like I, and he slammed the recliner down and told me how um, he couldn't believe how selfish I was. Wow. I would go, I would even think about going without him because that was given to us. So that, that shows you how distorted, distorted. It wasn't a partnership at all. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So that went on. Um, Zach died in June. And in November, I the first holiday without him, I came to Florida to be with my mom because my mom couldn't my mom and almost that's a whole nother story. <laughs> my mom almost died. And I had just gotten back from Florida four days before I lost Zach. Mm. So I'd been here taking care of her. And then so she couldn't come to the funeral. So I came here to be with her and just to be loved. I didn't even realize, you know, but I came here to have love, comfort. And um, God just started setting things up. And in February, um, almost a year ago, um, wow, I found... This is still, everything's still so fresh. Yeah. Oh, I'm still going through, yes, some stuff. Yeah, of course. So um, February last year, then I found... I was sick with the flu. I had moved myself on the other side of the house because I was sick with the flu. And I went in our room to take a a hot bath in the big tub. And his iPad was synced to his phones. And I just, and I never look at that stuff. You know, I never even thought about it. And for some reason, I just got out of the bathtub and I went, and he was at church. And I went and got the iPad and... I found where he was messaging another woman Mm. and I said, Oh, so I took a picture of it really quick, you know, and, um, he came in and I said, we're getting divorced Mm. and I was sick with the flu and I pushed, but I, and I told him, I said, but I will live here until I can get on my feet. You can't make me leave. I moved all of my stuff across my, like my dresser. I pushed it all the way across the house. We had a, we have a, it was a big 2,500 square foot ranch style home. You know, Mm -hmm. I pushed the dresser all the way across the house, took all my stuff out of the closet. And then I came to Florida the first week of March to do a, an art show with my jewelry and almost didn't come. I took my son's ashes, put them in the front seat of my car. Hmm. And I mean, I know it's not him, you know, but but I, but, but the intention was I was going to spread some of his ashes at the beaches because that was our thing. Mm-hmm. His whole life, my whole life was going to the beach. And um, I grieved like I hadn't grieved mm. on the drive and prayed, God, please get me there safely. <laughs> Don't let anybody look at me that's driving by because <laughs> I would be hysterical, <laughs> hysterical. But I was 
Oh, and that's the other thing that I learned through losing the kid's dad is that I didn't grieve properly. Mm. <laughs> I didn't do that right. And um, this time I was going to, especially losing my, my son. Mm. Nobody was going to tell me how to grieve mm. or what stage I should be at or what they think I should do. Mm. You're not going to tell me anything. I will talk to God about all this. I'll take it to him. Amen. We're going to go through yeah. this. Yeah, good for you. And that's what we did. And then I got to Florida. I was only going to be here for 10 days. And um, Corona started. Mm. And I got stuck for four months. My mom had needed another surgery. And during that time, I was praying because I knew I was getting divorced already. Um, and I was just praying. I said, okay, God, you talk about a totally surrender in your mm. life. Mm. People think they surrender until... I feel like you go through some of the things I've gone through. And um, mm -hmm. so I surrendered everything mm -hmm. and including, you know, I, God brought me here and I knew he did. He mm -hmm. opened doors. He shut doors. I prayed about it the whole entire time. I had everyone praying with me. Um, I was able to take this little condo that had been my mom's that was in foreclosure that would have been sold on um, the beginning of April but they closed everything down and it wasn't sold and I made a deal and I renovated this little place and it would be, I came in here with Zach's picture and my, <laughs> one of my hope bracelets. And, um, I have a home mm. and I know God had to take me away from mm. my kids because my kids were, they were my life. And um, I knew that God had called me out to do things. So here I am. <laughs> what a testament to surrender. Again and again and again and again. So yeah. tell us about your jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> The jewelry. It's gorgeous. That was what God gave me to, well, to heal, but also to help me get through the last um, months that I was there in, in the home with my husband because yeah. um, it, it, it was hor horrible. And so I, I, I was doing event planning. I said, okay, well, I closed that business because Zach was mm. supposed to do it with me. I closed that business. And I just, I remember telling my mom, I said, I, you know, I want to make some leather earrings for me and my girls, but I don't, I, you know, I don't, I want some, but I don't want to pay anybody else. And I think <laughs> I can buy one of these machines and I can make them. And so, and then I said, well, I could also make signs if I still wanted to do, you know, the event planning stuff. So I went and bought this machine that I didn't know, any, know anything about and I found some leather and I started, you know, making earrings and I posted, I had to do an event with um, a ministry and I had this vendor booth that I did not want to go to. I didn't want to do this event anyways, but I did not want to set up saying that I'm a, you know, Robin Carnes event planning. So <laughs> I had, and I've just shared on Facebook, like I'm alive here. I have just been playing with some earrings, you know, making some earrings and everybody was like, Oh, do you ship? How much are they? Can and I said, what? <laughs> what? And so I made some jewelry 
And I messaged with my kids in this group thing, you know, and I started telling them, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this. And oh, I'm going to name this one Brianna, you know, and I'm going to name. So I started talking to my kids. And then all of a sudden, that's whenever God just, it was like the Holy Spirit just started downloading. I mean, as I'm (laughs) texting with the kids and Mm. I said, and I can share Zach's story and I can, Zach's thing was the anchor. That was something that he held on to was the anchor. Um, he got that tattoo a month before he died, uh, mm. finally after years. And I never understood his thing with the anchor. I mean, he would look at me like I was stupid, <laughs> but I did not understand it um, because I'm like, well, what do you mean you're so anchored? You know, and what, what do you mean whenever you struggle? And he would be like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I am anchored in Christ, you know, but it was his hope was in him. Mm-hmm. So um, I realized that I would I was going to make anchor something with anchors on it, and I was going to dedicate that to Zach. And there was going to be so I'm texting, and there would be this anchor line of jewelry. And <laughs> you know, then I needed to write Zach's story. Um, so I prayed, and God gave me that, and that was in November of 2019. And I wrote Zach's story and put it on the website and printed it out. And every time I do a show, I have his story printed out um, to give everyone hope. Mm. And then the jewelry has just gone. God gives me so many things. So most of my, the things that I create, I don't even know how I got into the metal stuff. I don't know where I just went from leather. And then all of a sudden I'm doing this stuff with metal. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know the time that it clicked at all, but um, he gives me things and I create it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's your thing now, right? That's my that's thing. That's what you do. That's cool. That's I've seen thing. it. It's it's really, it's, really cool. What's really the website? Is. It's com. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it's R O B Y N. K A R N S. Yeah. Yeah. Can we put a link in the show notes? You know, you, you know that I always, that I always say that because <laughs> other podcasters say it and it sounds so easy, but I know nothing. So I just say it and look at Jamie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. On, Jamie, get on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just said it. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to put a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So but that's my. That's my piece. And that's, that's my, I mean, that's what God's given me to provide. And, you know, we've expanded into, I say, we, I always say we, but there's me, it's, I've expanded, but I don't like to sound, you know, right, I don't like right. to sound like that. Like well, yeah, I've, it's a, done it's a cor- I've done this, no. Well, plus it's a I corporation, haven't. right? All you and your, yeah. all your employees. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, um, yeah, so we're in four different places, actually five, but I'm about to pull my stuff from one of them. Um, four different salons. Sweet, that's so awesome. Yeah, it is. God is so, so awesome. And if you know, I have a long list of blessings that I could share of what He's done during this time. Um, but He He has provided everything and more. Mm. And yeah, He's faithful. Mm-hmm. beyond every little thing. I have so many little stories. So I also, that's the other part. I also meet with other moms that have lost um, kids. And mm-hmm. there's been a, there's been a lot 
since mm. I moved back here. I've met with, there's a, been a lot of moms and they've lost boys, all boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I meet with them and I have a letter, a warrior mama letter for them. And I give them one of the warrior cups. Mm. And I, I just, from, just from seeing your face and getting to know you a little bit and it's, I mean, only God could do, could, could bring you through it. Number one, and give you the joy that you still have. And you know what I mean? Like you're so happy and bubbling. You know, God, he gives me little things. And I I said, you know, you you can still have just as much grief Mm -hmm. as you do joy. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time. Mm. That's interesting. Oh, and, that's so oh, beautiful. Yeah. And um and I do have a lot of joy because he has been I I just can't even tell you all of the little details that took place in this condo or me getting it or you know carpet being given to me or all of the little things that God did because let me tell you, it's not like I had money and and that's part of the that narcissistic stuff that control mm. so even though he has money it's his money mm. you know it's yeah. it's his even anyways so I had God just says I, I am your way maker I am your mm. provider <laughs> and um and I know that so with everything that I've been through. I can tell you that I've seen his hand and all of it, even whenever I didn't know, I look back now and I've seen how he's provided and, you know, the provision that he's done. Um, and of course he didn't let me die. You know, there was a lot of yeah. times that I probably should, you know, could have right. died. Right. Um, and everything that I've been through, I know is for a purpose and, and a reason mm. because I can actually share a lot with a lot of people. I think I, mean, I, have, I think I have young girls say, "You don't thanks. know what I've done." Oh, you don't know what I've done. That was the nature of my question. Is and just kind of for the sake of um, this moment in time, if there are young women who listen to our podcast, I don't know, but if you had an opportunity, having gone through the uh, down the road that you've gone and experienced the things you've experienced, is there one or two things that you would say to young women growing up in this age about relationship and about even I, I, maybe it's oversimplified with Jesus, you know, he loves you, but what would you tell yourself if you could talk to the 15 year old girl? That the father God the Father, you know, it's like, I always thought of him as a punisher. I totally related God to my earthly father Mm -hmm. and that I would never, I was never going to be good enough. And, um, and that I would only be loved by what I did, you know, how much I could make you happy or, you know, and I think that that would be what I would really teach them <laughs> is wow. that the father in heaven, you know, loves you. I mean, there's nothing that you could do that could make him love you more. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what I would teach them. Because once they learn their identity in him, then all the other things doesn't, it doesn't happen. It wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. if they have that foundation of who their father is. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And that brings us, that brings us back to the topic, (coughs) which is interesting. He yeah. Understanding, us, it just, yes. it, it's amazing to me how many of our decisions are made without the understanding of how deeply he longs and loves each individual. Yeah. That's a, just astounding to me. And that's the, that's my next, um, my next conversation with the Lord. Well, I guess the thing that we have to walk out together is how do, um, because the, the ones that hurt us, they're also his children. Yeah, yes. That one's a toughie. And, mm-hmm. and, and how to share your story and talk about what God's done in your life, you know, and still not tear apart right. one of God's children mm-hmm. that he loves just as much as he loves you. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's You, you that's let us I'm, know what he tells you. I gotta go for it yeah, for. let us know what he says. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did a good job tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, did. yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, every, it, it's, I think anybody that's walked a few years. Right. Can recognize that two people make a choice to be married and they bring their histories with them and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, I think you're you were right before. There are those that let their history turn their heart to just black darkness, mm-hmm. and there's those that go through the hell of darkness, and but still have a love for God and want to want things to That's find surrender. a peace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, they just never get there, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just the path. And so you can look at two sides of a, a marriage. You can, man, I, I've got one that I can look at in my history, and it's not my marriage, but a friend of mine's. And man, I, you know, I just I hurt for both, mm. even though one is just you want to knock him upside the head. Yeah, just you're just being stupid. But I understand why you're stupid because look what happened to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. look what you went through. Mm-hmm. That's the part. I knew, and that's the other part of, you know, I know that I'll speak on this later on whenever I get past and and, and through the other side of this divorce, but right. um, is I knew what caused his, what his childhood trauma was mm-hmm. that initiated, you know, his personality and, and all of that and him to be the way he was and being a praying wife, because I was definitely going to pray you know, and so honestly, you know, I didn't have another failed marriage and, you know, or one die or whatever, you know, so I was praying and I stayed and I stayed and I, you know, and I, and I was always, always, and, and I stayed in the abuse. I mean, like literally I knew that he w- probably was not doing, you know, like being faithful, but I mean, I never, I had a feeling I could see little things. I don't know like how far it went, but just if I wasn't giving him, they need so much attention. There, there's 
they need every part of you where you have nothing left and he would seek it. And I would make it like, I, because I knew, mm-hmm. I knew what caused him to be that way. And I would beg him, go get help, go get help. Like you have a clear, we've gone through this. I've trust me. I got kicked out of therapists. They were so sick of me <laughs> because I kept coming. I knew I was crazy with, with him. I just felt crazy mm-hmm. and I would go and they were like, you are not crazy. I said, something's got to be wrong with me. But living in that cycle of abuse yes. is by far. And I've been through some stuff. Hello. Before this marriage, yeah. I thought the other stuff was bad. Mm. No, this was. And then he be, then he goes to church and then now he's an usher and he's mm. all these things and he tithes all this money and he, you know, all these things. That's and that's scary. One. It is because that's a I, whole different deal. I have friends that have have and are in that position, and it's really hard because they're even in Bible study with other men, and the other yes. men are backing them up because they're narcissists. Yes. They know what to say. They know how to manipulate. Yes, and it's yes. very yeah. That's such a hard thing. Hmm. It is. It's easier. It's a lot easier to deal with someone who's like literally like slap me upside the face, you know, punch me or something. Then I know. But the, that the manipulation is, is um, just on another level. It is such a head. Yeah, it's you know mm-hmm. as I sit here, I've, I've I've maybe not put this thought together, but man, oh man, there there are some men in our country who need a wake up call with Jesus. Yeah, because you 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 can't. There is no Bible passage that you can find that justifies. Uh, not only the violation of a woman that way, but the violation of the gospel, because the man is a reflection of Jesus's willingness to sacrifice himself for his bride. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that, and I'm speaking from personal experience. I've never been married, but I've done my share of violation because I think this is manhood in our country right now. There is a, Manhood has suffered uh, tremendously in its understanding of its role. And I I could point to a lot of reasons why that is, but as I listen to you, man, I'm processing some stuff in my history. I was like, man, I I see now just because of what you're saying. And that's just to compliment you that your story has some value, not just for women to hear what you've gone through and how to hold on, but, man, it's— Cutting right into me, so mm. praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, men, yeah. men need to hear this. Men need to hear it. They need to be uncomfortable. Sure. And here, you know, there's a better way to treat a woman. Yeah, you're right. Well, I've, I'm thankful I have my youngest son. He is just 21, just turned 21 in October. Um, his wife is, she was 21 in November. They had their second son their second son um december 23rd which would have been my ninth well was my ninth ninth anniversary but now i have a new day a new thing on that day but um my son is very very loving and affectionate and caring and cooks every night because he loves to cook you know he helps he takes one kid she's got the other he is and 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 this is there was something, another podcast that I was listening to about um, how guys, you know, didn't have, or men didn't have the role model in their life. Mm. 
And I will tell you that my Garrett didn't, but he's all the things that he should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at 21 years old, mm-hmm. you know, he's my kid, mom, we need to pray about this. Let's pray about this, you know, mm-hmm. and he could do better. I'm not saying that, he, but he is, I, like I told his wife, like you, what you have is rare. Mm-hmm. My daughter has that too, though, with her husband. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful because mm-hmm. they, they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah I, Garrett is, I, and I thought, where did he, where did he come from? Yeah. Like, how did I raise that? Because I don't even know how he became that good well, with you, what you, he was dealt, you know? You have a legacy in your family, though, that goes beyond just you. It's right. your your yeah. grandparents. He's, yeah. The church is I'm very that, protective of um, our legacy. Well, yeah. and, and he's watched you yes. go through we, my kids, My kids and I, we shared a lot of life together yeah. it, it wasn't like they were the you know they didn't know what was going on no they they've been basically in the trenches with me yeah, wow. a lot of times um they and they know the power of prayer they know they know spiritual warfare um they've know that i've warred on their behalf mm. my youngest son was delivered actually from drugs mm. the one that i was just talking about mm. in a, a home after being a runaway wow. um through fasting and prayer and he came home delivered and never turned back and hmm. now is married with two kids and awesome. you know but he knows he gives God all the glory for everything that's happened in his life and um but he knows that we pray and God's been faithful and moves on on their behalf sweet so Amen. if my if I do nothing if my kids don't go to college if they don't grant I don't that is not a thing for me. Mm-hmm. I just want them to know the Lord yep. and to serve him with everything in them and to teach my grandkids. Mm. Yes. That's the legacy right there. And that is, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Amen. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Robin. This was so fun. Your story is beautiful. Yeah. Appreciate you telling it. This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listen. If you want more information, we have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> You can fill out of your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that, right there. Yeah. So, uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story, everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. So, if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>